Hey fellow nerds, I'm Megan Smiley and this is the Lawyer's Escape Pod. For those of you who've gotten into practice, looked around and thought, so this is my life? I get it. You're in deep and you feel stuck. You may have no idea what the next step would be, or maybe you have an idea, but think it's unrealistic. I truly believe that there's a path forward for each of us if we're intentional about finding it. And this podcast will be a great source of advice and inspiration for you to make that leap to a more fulfilling career. Hey guys, happy Thanksgiving week. Uh, I know it's probably a little different for some of us than it otherwise would be, but I hope you enjoy however you are celebrating. Um, So today my guest is Jessica Medina. She is a former big law litigator and SEC investigator who now runs her own financial coaching business. She helps big law attorneys who need a financial plan in place to allow them the freedom to explore new career options. Basically, she helps people avoid or remove those pesky golden handcuffs so many of us get caught in. Jessica tells us about her own 14-year journey in practice, her 5- and 10-year financial plans, and finding the right fit for her next career move. I think her story is very relatable in that she identifies herself as risk-averse, and on top of that, she was a single mom to twins for most of her practicing years, but just because you value security or your timeline may be a bit longer doesn't mean you can't be making a plan that will open up options for you in the future. Hi, Jessica. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Megan. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, so let's start at the, the beginning of your law career. What made you go to law school? So I always wanted to be in musical theater. That might not be how many lawyers start out. I love singing. No. I love theater. I love performing. Um, but I also did really well in school. Like, you know, top of my class, a lot of uh, people in our field are like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my senior year of high school, my government class was doing a unit on the Bill of Rights. And that year, our school was considering bringing dogs onto campus to uh, randomly search, you know, lockers and vehicles and classrooms for drugs. Um, mm-hmm. And I was just appalled by the, <laughs> the idea. <laughs> I had just learned about unreasonable searches and seizure. Oh, and right. that, this random program was coming onto the high school grounds. I, I was driving at the time, so I had my own car. Not that I yeah. had the drugs, but I was just appalled by the idea that they weren't going to actually use some sort of reasonable basis, right, to try to um, to eke out whatever was going on. Right. So I wrote up this impassioned speech against the program. I presented at the school board meeting, and it felt amazing. Uh, and of course, yeah. I forward with the program, and I, and I failed completely uh, <laughs> in my efforts. Uh, it wasn't a failure, you know, it's just a setback. <laughs> I learned an important lesson. Yeah, exactly, yes. Uh, and then, of course, you know, everybody loved the dogs because they were so cute and they came on campus. Um, but uh, right, the whole right. experience, it, it kind of, you know, lit a fire in me that got me thinking about law as a career that I had never really considered before. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, you know, I had my idea of what practicing law would be like. And so it seemed like a perfect combination, right, of intellectual challenge mixed with courtroom performance. And so I decided, okay, instead of musical theater, I'm going to go to law school. I'm going to craft my entire undergraduate to, you know, just completely be gunning for law school the whole time. And that's what I did. Wow. So you were sort of just like on the path pretty early on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, end of high school. Um, I know that some people like dream of being lawyers what, from the time they're very small, but 
uh, my parents um, were not college graduates. So going into law wasn't really something that was dangled in front of me very much. Yeah. Uh, my yeah. mom, my mom and I actually graduated college the same year. She's. Oh, amazing. that's amazing. Yes, it was very, very cool. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, but just to like, you know, give an idea of, um, you know, where what I grew up with and kind of the examples that I had, I didn't know any lawyers. I didn't know any doctors. Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, just going through that experience in school and um, they always uh, they always tried to put us into very good schools. So I did have really good, um, you know, mentors and things, but law wasn't really something I thought about until that class. And and yeah, yeah. and then I said, that's yeah. definitely what I want to do. So did you go to law school straight out of undergrad? I did. I was yeah. one of those one of those kids who got out of their senior year of college, right? And basically yeah. nine months of partying and then went to yeah. law school. <laughs> yeah. Thinking that that would carry over and it didn't. Right. <laughs> yeah. So what was your experience of law school? Uh, I mean, I, I did enjoy law school. Mine was, I guess, a little bit different because I had children in the middle. Uh, mm -hmm. so, so that was, that was. Exciting. Like it wasn't hard enough. Right. <laughs> so my first year, my first year in law school, I was at Columbia. So I was in New York um, mm -hmm. and I actually moved out there. I'm originally from New Jersey, but my family had been living in California when we were in high school. So mm -hmm. back across the country. Um, and it was just. I love school. I loved being a student and yeah. I was so excited to be there and I was so excited to be surrounded by people who wanted to do the same things that I wanted to do. Um, and they, everybody was so smart and, you know, accomplished. There were people who had run fortune 500 companies in my class, yeah. and, you know, LLM students who, you know, were just phenomenal in law in their own right, in their own country. Right. Um, right. And so I was just, I was really excited and impressed and I was in New York and I had a lot of fun my first year. Um, yeah. And, you know, did pretty well, I think, the first semester. And then I realized, oh, so maybe this isn't that hard. That was not true. The second semester did not go as well. Wow. Let your uh, guard down. Exactly, <laughs> right? Um, but, you know, I, I had a really good experience. I met wonderful people. I'm still friends with uh, the people who I became closest to in law school. Uh, and then, as I mentioned, uh, I had kids my second year. So that was kind of... Uh, that, that was uh, a lot and also kind of honed in on exactly how I would be spending the rest of my life in terms right. of, you know, okay, so now I'm a mom. Um, whatever weird ideas I had about what I was going to do after law school, like becoming, you know, going straight to the district right. office and, you know, fighting for the people and all of this stuff, that didn't really seem like a very responsible choice anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so right after graduation, I went straight into big law because that seemed like the only thing that really made sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is a very real pressure coming out of law school with twins you have, I, I take it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So mm, that's a lot. I'm actually stressed just hearing you tell me that story. <laughs> yeah. It Columbia has, I think, like on average, the students are a little bit older. So yeah. we had um, my third year, there were a bunch of us who had had children in law school. I was the only one who wasn't married. Um, but, yeah. uh, you know, we had like a play group. And because I had two, you know, I woke up and it was like a play date already. So right, right. there wasn't as much pressure to entertain the children, um, you know, other than when they were super tiny and, uh, yeah. you know, needed lots of attention. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, it, 
it was definitely stressful for sure, but Columbia provided a lot of support in terms of, you know, when I didn't fit in the classroom desks anymore, they let me <laughs> they let me stay home and have other people, you know, help me with notes and stuff. Um, yeah. I, I did yeah. really well on the finals that I took while I was pregnant and not so well on the last final that I took two weeks after I gave birth. That was the hard yeah, part. Yeah, that sort of makes sense. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have the babies. <laughs> But then my third year, I pulled it together at the end and I got straight A's again. And it was just, it was like the best feeling to walk across. Wow. That is really impressive. (laughs) And really. Like walking across the graduation stage, holding my two boys while, you know, I'm trying to Um, like shake hands with the dean and grab my diploma. It was a big moment for all three of us. Um, Yeah, absolutely. But definitely, you know, defining, right? And, And definitely carved a path for me that, um, you know, I don't know, it would have been my path when I first, you know, got started uh, yeah. toward law. So, so in big law, what area of practice did you go into? I went straight into litigation. Civil procedure was my favorite class. Um, mm-hmm. and I had done really well in it. And I thought, oh, yes, this is amazing. Like all there are just like lots of fun, complicated rules. This is great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I mixed it with securities enforcement work. And so I did that for nearly 14 years between my time at my firm and then transferring over to the Securities and Exchange Commission. Wow. So yeah. it was, you know, a long, a long legal career. Um, you know, securities wasn't particularly something that I had any interest in when I was going into law. I thought civil rights, immigration law, yeah, you know, things that were... No one ever is like, "Hmm." (laughs) let me regulate investment. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I mean, yeah, I did, I did some securities, not, not on the enforcement side, just on the sort of filings side, Um, (laughs) which isn't what I anticipated either. So yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's, Unless, you know, you kind of come from that industry or you're really interested in, you know, the financial industry, right? If you're right, in right. the stock market or something. Um, but that was never something that was particularly interesting to me. I just ended yeah. up working with great partners who yeah. were really interested in my development. And this was the work that they did. Yeah. And I had, I had gotten some really good advice when I had started at the firm, you know, find people who want to take an interest in you and work with them regardless of what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Experience. Um, you know, because so much of the law firms is about the personalities that you're working with, you know, it completely shadows your entire experience. If you're not working with somebody who knows how to manage, um, or, you know, (laughs) just like most partners at law firms. That's not promotion criteria, right? We all know that. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Being an excellent lawyer, not an excellent manager. <laughs> right, right. Um, so did you, I mean, 14 years is a long time. Were you sort of like, this makes sense? Did you like it or were you sticking with it more because sort of just the realities of, of life? Yeah, I think, you know, I always used to joke that um, I could always remember my trajectory at the firm because it completely mirrored my children's life. I summer, mm. I was a summer associate, you know, six weeks after they were born. And yeah. then I showed up at the firm and they were a year old. And, um, you know, the, the two paths tracked each other perfectly. Um, yeah. And, you know, I went to a major firm in D.C., but it was also the most family friendly big law firm that mm-hmm. was there at the time. They had daycare in the building. Um, you know, they they did uh, really they were proponents of trying to support families. 
but yeah. it's still big law, right? Like, <laughs> there's only so yeah. much you can do. So, can I pick up my kids from daycare? Absolutely. Do I bring them back up to my office for dinner? You bet I do. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, you know, that, but that was, I, I didn't really see any other way that I could do it, right? I was a single mom. I was yeah. raising two kids by myself in a fairly expensive metro area. Yeah. Um, and, Maybe I'm sure there were other things that I could potentially be doing, but this seemed like the best way to both help my career and support my kids, um, yeah. you know, over the long run. But that's the change. Uh, you know, I spent um, about eight years at the firm before I left, and the leaving really did coincide with uh, my boys becoming much more cognizant of my absence. Right. Uh, Right. Like when when they're toddlers, when they're two and three, they, they're super excited when you come home, but they don't really realize how long you've been gone. Um, yeah. You know, they enjoy spending time with anybody. Uh, my boys are raised by a village of people and I'm grateful yeah. for that. Uh, but as they got older, the comments of, hey, how come you, you didn't make it for dinner or are you going to be home for dinner this week? Um, right. And we're going we're going on a school trip. Did you want to volunteer? Oof, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that became harder as they got older. Uh, and yeah. I know people are always afraid of kind of the toddler years and the energy that that will take in terms of raising kids. But oh, those tween years, rough. And yeah, emotionally exhausting years of development. Um, <laughs> and Oddly enough, I'm, I'm currently, as I mentioned before we started recording, living with my best friend who's here. <laughs> 11 and nine year olds so I feel like I'm yeah. like I have some insight into that age now that I did not before right? you kind of like the hidden age people don't talk about it possibly because it's so traumatic yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah so that was kind of um that was a big motivator for me to really start thinking about you know kind of exiting off um yeah I had I graduated in 2004 so when I would have thought about leaving we were in the middle of the 2008 recession right? right so in the middle of my mid-level years when I could have tried to make some sort of graceful exit to do something else right. um, the recession hit and nobody was going anywhere right. so we were all kind of it was like musical chairs okay stop <laughs> right. wait however many years it's going to take for the economy to recover um, yeah. so so I stayed at my firm much longer than I had ever anticipated um, oh. But, uh, you know, I think I did have a, I did have a good experience there. Of course, you know, I have the same kinds of things that a lot of people talk about from their big law experience. There were a couple of partners who weren't so great to work with. Um, as I mentioned, I had my children with me, you know, uh, for dinners and late in the evening for weekend meetings and things like that, you know, building, building cardboard castles while I'm trying to file the summary judgment motion, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. That's crazy. I mean, like crazy, crazy hard, right? Yeah. To anybody outside of big law, it sounds crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> been there. Oh yeah, no, that makes sense. That's nice. They had an extra room for your kids. That's cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it was, um, you know, the the idea that I was actually going to be up for partner, and I really had to make a decision. Yeah. What I was going to do, and I remember sitting in the managing uh, partner's office and he's asking me, you know, well, are you going to put yourself up? You know, you're, you're doing really well. People like you, you have supporters. Is this something that you want? And thinking to myself, oh my God, no, I can't say that out loud. Oh my right, God, right. Wow, no, I can't take more years of this. 
and I think being a junior partner is even worse than being a student associate. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. <laughs> so, right in the hierarchy of like, we're yeah. half the firm. Um, and so uh, I had been doing the enforcement work already. Uh, government was always very high on my list. That's where I had originally wanted to, you know, go into practice um, back when I was, you know, in high school and fighting dog searches. Right, uh, right. And so um, I applied because they were finally they lifted the hiring freezes and I now knew people there. Uh, so I had a sense of kind of what it would be like if I went over there. And I ended up, you know, I ended up uh, getting the job and then having to really make the decision. You know, they made the offer and it's like, okay, well, am I going to get yeah. a partner or am I going to transition over to the government? And it was a very easy decision for me to make. Yeah. Yeah. So how many years were you there then? So I was at the SEC for five years. Okay. And was that a meaningful, I assume the answer is yes, but meaningful difference in lifestyle? Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. it was kind of crazy. Um, yeah. I think when you have such a high threshold for pain, any yeah. relief feels absolutely amazing. And so, yeah. you know, the SEC is really by far one of the best federal agencies you can work for in terms of benefits, in terms of how much respect they give to their professionals. Um, yeah. But it's still investigative work. And it's still, you know, it is very important work uh, that may not, you know, go away every evening, may not go away every weekend, certainly more right. than uh, in private practice. Um, but so I really, I enjoyed it. And I think for the first couple of years, I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I'm in such a great group. Everything's going pretty well. My investigations are going really well. This is exciting. Yeah. And it took a couple of years for me to realize, wait a minute. No, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. I think oh, I don't even like being a lawyer. <laughs> Yeah, that was, and it was, you know, I had those feelings when I was in big law, but I thought it had more to do with where I was. Right. Um, and that if I just was in a different environment, I wouldn't have those same feelings of, wow, I don't like fighting every day because I was in litigation, right? Like right. Well, it's a very adversarial community, uh, lots of strong personalities. Yep. Um, and I can play an attack dog. I was in theater. I know how to play that role. Yeah. But that's not my natural state. I'm a counselor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and there was, you know, going over to the SEC was great in so many respects, but there is no counseling. I have one client and it's the right. client. Uh, and I rarely see them unless they absolutely need to talk to me. Right. Um, so that is, you know, it kind of took away my favorite part about practicing law, but mm -hmm. had all of these other golden handcuff benefits that also made it hard. Um, you know, yeah. not to mention the fact that I had only been a lawyer right, since I had been in high school. Right, I right. Doing. I have no idea what other jobs even look like or feel like or what the requirements are. Um, yeah. And I so how did you start to think through that? It was um, it was a kind of windy process for me. Uh, you know, I, I when I think back to all the things I thought that I could do, when I was at the firm, I seriously started Googling Subway restaurants and trying to could I buy, could like, I buy a, franchise? Like a franchise? Yeah, I think I could do it. I have <laughs> literally looked into franchises. <laughs> it seems like something I could do. I'm a lawyer. I could yeah, do it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't like sandwiches that much. And also, you know, right now I'm pretty much vegetarian, but that's fine. I could do it. I could make it work. 
Yeah. Uh, but uh, once I was at the SEC, I thought, oh, maybe, you know, what, what did I used to like to do? I, used, I love mentoring people. Um, maybe I'll become a career counselor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had done a lot of, you know, I was on all the diversity committees at my firm. I always mentored all the incoming associates. Um, and I still had people coming to me years later for career advice. Yeah. And I thought to myself, well, I like people. I mean, I like getting them jobs. I think yeah. that work. And I did some research and I talked to my, um, the career office back at Columbia. Uh, and, you know, I kind of, I think was answering her questions with the idea that I wanted to be a career counselor. She says, it sounds like you absolutely would be great at this and you, you're totally into it. I said, okay, okay, okay. I'm going to look into it. And then when I started seeing job positions, I don't know, I kind of had this feeling in my gut, like, no, yeah, that's not your thing. You're not going to, you're not going to like that. Um, and it took a couple seeing a couple of them and having the same initial kind of gut reaction to say, yeah. oh, okay, this is not my path. I'm going to have to figure out something else. Um, yeah. And then that's it, really interesting though, because it's, you know, it's nuanced. If you think you like the idea of advising people, you know, to really listen to your gut when you see that and go, mm, yeah, no. sometimes it's hard. It takes that, uh, this, is, this is a theme for me, right? When yeah. I get to the last point of having to make a decision, my gut will tell me whether I'm supposed to do it or not. Sadly, yeah. it doesn't tell me early in the process. <laughs> I know. Wouldn't that be nice? Why don't you just tell me now? <laughs> yeah, give, me, give me a little preview. Um, yeah. But so with the financial counseling, it actually happened like a, it was a spark. Um, my, uh, I, I met my husband while I was at the SEC, uh, mm-hmm. spoiler alert, I actually had time to meet people. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> Ask me, I know, when I was at the firm, the only person I dated was another associate at that firm. Right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> my <God. laughs> Where am I going to meet anyone else? <laughs> it is. They're all, it's all very cultish. And like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so, uh, he had, was retiring from the military. And they have a very extensive process uh, for their uh, folks who are about to be veterans. They want to mm-hmm. make sure they get the ground running and they put them through all these trainings and it's very comprehensive. And one of the things they have to do is meet with a financial counselor, make sure they mm-hmm. know what their budget's going to be and they're not going to, you know, be uh, poor and destitute when they leave. Yeah. And so uh, I had already been doing, I had been planning for early retirement. I was really gung-ho about personal finance at that point. Yeah. Um, and so he went into his meeting with my spreadsheets and the financial advisor said, does your wife ever think about doing this job? <laughs> you should really use her sheets. These are way better than what you're going to get here. You, yeah. She, has she considered this? Because she, this looks like a good thing for her. And yeah. He mentioned it to me after, after the meeting. And I thought to myself, oh my goodness, is this a thing? I love right. this. This is my <laughs> You're like, I just do this for fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because I hadn't had hobbies, right? right? For so many years, I didn't have time to do anything but law. And so yeah. I didn't really have anything that I did on the side. Um, and so personal finance. <laughs> Although a lot of people would be like, hmm, doing personal on the fi- finance on the side doesn't sound like a fun hobby. But if it is for you, it really says something. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I couldn't speak out with many people about the things that I was doing. Yeah. Uh, but that was, it was a really, that was a different gut reaction. And yeah. it was a gut reaction of, yes, I want to go toward that. And the yeah. more that I learned, the more excited I became about it, about the people that I would be able to help. Um, it was already taking all of the things that I was naturally interested in and excited mm-hmm. about 
And it also made my entire resume make sense for the yeah. first time in my life. <laughs> yeah. You know, I always beat myself up about why did you get into securities law? You've never been interested in the financial industry. You don't even like dealing with money. What is, yeah. what are you doing? And now I realize I was there because it brought me here. Right. That's why I spent that time there. That's why, you know, I spent time learning the financial industry so that I could become a part of it in a really good way. Yeah. And it is so true that sometimes you take these steps and you feel like, oh, maybe that, oh, that wasn't the final answer and that was a mistake. But no, like sometimes you look back and go, I didn't realize how the pieces came together, but each of these has been an important building block in getting me to a place of like true satisfaction. Exactly. Exactly. And I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't give up my years at the SEC for anything. Number one, I met wonderful people. Number two, it really did allow me some time and space to think about what I wanted to do for the rest of my life if I wasn't mm-hmm. going to be a lawyer. Um, and, and it did give me an insight into you know, something that I am truly passionate about in a way that other people may not have that insight, right? So I've also seen the very ugly side of the financial industry um, and all of the victims and right. all of the uh, super sleazy people. And so you know, having seen that and been exposed to it, it fills that um, that righteousness need that I right. had right, right to go to law school in the beginning, uh, which I never thought that I'd be able to fill any other way. Um, oh, yeah, it's so great when it just it all comes together like that. Yeah, it's um, it's it's, it's uh, serendipitous is you know the only word that I can think about it when I think yeah. about the fourteen year legal career. <laughs> yeah. So when you thought, okay, like personal finance. Two questions. One, how did you start to think about where in that world you would be placed? Did you know for sure you just sort of wanted to be a, you know, run your own, you know, company? Or were you thinking there were other angles to approach it? And was it hard to walk away from the practice of law? Was that sort of a a difficult decision? Oh, so let me start with, was that a difficult decision? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um, I am very risk averse. Uh, and part of that, I think, is a reflection of my situation. I was raising a family by myself. Yep. Um, so I didn't feel like I had a lot of luxury to take chances and risk all of our well-beings, right. um, you know, in a way that to me felt reckless, even though people do it all the time and do it with, with you know, with much less than I had. Um, but I wasn't prepared to do that. And so, you know, the idea of leaving a very lucrative, a very prestigious, a very stable uh, practice and industry was a little frightening for me. Um, And if I'm honest, uh, you know, I had a plan to leave the SEC. It was a 10-year plan because that's how I plan. Um, And I met my husband and having another person there to help you think through things to just kind of, uh, for the first time in my life, I had a backstop and I right. had that before. Um, it was, it, it, it allowed me to think a little bit more adventurously. Um, yeah. and he was very supportive of the whole thing. Uh, and so I moved up my timeline like by five years and I said, all yeah. right, I'm doing it. I'm going to jump. Um, and I'm never going back. 
Uh, because if this doesn't work out, that's it. I'm going to do the subway thing. Because yeah. <laughs> you felt very much like the, I, what I know is that this isn't for me. What I think I know is this is what is for me, but yeah. moving forward. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it yeah. took me, you know, over a decade to finally be able to sit and be okay with that decision. I know yeah. some people are able to come to that a little bit earlier in their career. Yeah. Um, but, but it was also hard because I, I loved the idea of being a lawyer, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, I do. My parents loved it. <laughs> oh yeah. What did your parents think of all of this? Oh, they were they were totally supportive. Yeah. Partly because they had seen me um just they had seen kind of like the mental and physical and emotional stress of right. having a very demanding career and trying to, you know, parent children um right. and do all of that simultaneously. Um so they were supportive. Because they also knew, well, you know what, Jessica, Jessica's going to have a plan. Because she doesn't do anything without a plan. Like, right. right. <laughs> without a plan. So yeah. she probably knows what she's doing. Um, but the idea of financial counseling specifically, that was not something that was immediately apparent to me. I think, mm -hmm. you know, because I had been exposed to all of these different areas of the financial industry and all the different types of players that exist, yeah. I wasn't sure which one was right for me. Um, and I thought about going into investment advice. I thought about going into financial planning, actually, originally. Um, but when I thought about the kind of work that I would be doing, and I would probably end up working only with, you know, if I was going to have my own business, I would only be able to sustain myself working with very high net worth individuals. Um, and so some of that kind of public service that I've always been drawn to, it didn't seem to resonate in that way. Uh, and so when I found the um, AFCPE, it's the Association of Financial Counseling and Planning Education, uh, they serve kind of the unmet need of people who don't need nonprofit services, but also are not ready, are not over a million networks. Right. So all those folks in the middle, right, who need help with the day-to-day -day money management, with paying off debt, with long-term savings goals, with working on your money habits. And that was what I did for myself when I, you know, was was coming up with my plan to transition out of the law, right? Because to take that kind of a pay cut from being a, you know, a high-powered attorney to not being a high-powered attorney, right, right. <laughs> pretty much anything else, um, especially in this, you know, in this community here in the D.C. area, yeah. um, is a really big transition. So figuring out what, how do I need to change the way that I live? What kinds mm -hmm. of things do I need to do proactively to prepare myself for that kind of a transition? Are there moves that I can make now that will pay off in dividends later? Not literal dividends, but you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That will make or maybe literal dividends. <laughs> true, true, true. I'm, I'm definitely something we talk about, you know, when, uh, when we're doing the long-term planning. Um, but, uh, you know, coming up with those ideas, that was my hobby. That was really fun for me. Um, and that was the part that I really liked. So when I was looking at different programs, you know, we, at the SEC, we don't touch financial coaching. It's not a regulated industry. Um, and so I wasn't really familiar with it. And the more that I learned about it, it, I realized, oh, yes, this is the niche that I want. This is where I want to be. This is how I want to help people. I don't want to be investing their money for them. Um, I want to get them to the point where they have money to invest. Uh, and so how did you build that? You know, it's well, one thing to have the idea. It's another thing to, you know, execute it. Although 
having heard your story, I have no doubt you came up with a plan. (laughs) (laughs) Being an entrepreneur is definitely working muscles. I've never worked before in my life, right? Um, Yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely the hardest thing I've ever done, more because it's demanding things of me that I've never had to do before. Um, I... Sure, I worked at, at the mall, you know, through college and in high school, but I wasn't really a salesperson. Um, and that's a big part of running your own business, right? When you're working in big law, if you are not a partner, you don't have to do that much selling, right? Unless you really are a go-getter. Um, and that wasn't me. I was uh, the chief of staff for everyone else. So that was, you know, my role. Um, and at the SEC, well, there's no business development whatsoever. All right. That just rolls in all the time. No problem. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I think that's probably been the hardest part. Uh, I'm really, really good at helping people with their personal finances. How amazing I am at running my own business as a business and not giving stuff away for free and not, you know, yeah. reverting to, uh, to my public service and volunteer tendencies. That's something that, um, that I've been working on developing. Uh, but you know, it is, it is hard. And, um, but one of the things that is great, I think, you know, I obviously, I know a lot of people in the area and I think once people hear that this type of service even exists, then it starts to, you know, all the lights start to go off of, this is absolutely something that I need. I thought that I had to meet with a financial advisor, but when I did, they told me I wasn't ready for them yet and I needed to get stuff in order. And I don't really know exactly how to do that in a way that's going to be really efficient. Um, and I absolutely see the benefit of it. I think there are a lot of people who, yeah, they're in that middle. They're like, oh, I don't need like a major wealth advisor, but like I need someone who knows what they're talking about to like help me plan. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, depending on who your clientele is, I, um, when I first started out, uh, I'm finishing up my certification to become an accredited financial counselor. So that's going to be done, you know, in less than 90 days. And I'm super excited about oh, it. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, but that whole program, um, you know, for most of the time that I was getting my hours requirements in, I was doing a lot of volunteer work. I would work with anybody, you know, doing it. Do you need help, you know, figuring out how to save your house? I can help you with that. Do you need help, you know, refinancing your car loan? I can help you with that. You need help repairing your credit? I can help you with that. Um, But now, now that I have more experience under my belt, I have a better sense of who I really enjoy working with. And and that's been the biggest eye-opener, I think, for me as a business person, realizing that there may be a particular population that I am especially inclined to help. Uh, and that's what I'm focusing on now. And so, and what is that population? So that is uh, big law associates who are both underwhelmed and overwhelmed by their current situation. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, my program is called Beyond Big Law, and what I do is I help you organize your money uh, and figure out what your financial strategy is going to be, so that you can leave your big law job and pursue your true passions, no matter the salary. Yeah. So I help you think through what are all of the different strategies that you may want to consider implementing, whether your timeline is, you know, leaving in the next three months. We're leaving in the next three years. What kinds of things do we need to put in place 
so that you can leave feeling really confident and with the peace of mind that when you land, you're going to have a plan in place. And it's right. not just going to be chaos. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so, um, so I'm rolling out the program. It launches uh, officially in September. Um, and I'm taking applications right now for my early starters. Uh, and I've had, I've had some interest for sure. But, you know, I think people are a little bit hesitant because this is a, a hard transition to make for anyone. Mm-hmm. And there are all of these different pieces to that kind of a career move. Um, and it helps that I've been through it myself, right? Twice. <laughs> right. <laughs> Once right. I left big law to go to government, and then I left government uh, and left the practice of law entirely. So I know what both of those feel like. Um, but I also recognize, remember, I didn't want to be a career counselor. Right. I'm not a career coach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I totally get that. Right. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I can't partner with career coaches and make sure that my clients not only have the money figured out, but also have support in all of the other aspects where they're going to need a little bit of help, maybe a little bit of guidance. Yep. And so in designing this, it's not, you know, the Jessica show. Uh, I'm certainly going to take center stage and help you with all of your money stuff to get that hurdle out of your brain. So yep. you start thinking about all the really important decisions. It's not that important for us to figure out the absolute best way for you to maintain your lifestyle when you leave your super high paying big law job. What's more yeah. important is we find you a great place to land and that you're yeah. living the lifestyle you love, right? That, yeah. That's where, the, that's where um, you get the most bang for your buck, but it's hard to think about it if you're worried about money all the time. Yeah. Exactly. And I would imagine because you, you know, not necessarily career counselors, you can, you can work with people who maybe, um, don't have that path lined out for themselves, but they know where they don't want to (laughs) be and just say, I don't know what that job is going to be, but let's just presume it makes a lot less than this and go from there. Exactly right. I, you yeah. know, one of my uh, one of my dreams is always to kind of get into the law firm early and, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. talk to the junior associates before. Yeah. You know, they've they've taken steps that are harder for us to unwind in a really those way. golden handcuffs are a real thing. Oh, <laughs> they are. They are. Yeah. Um, I don't. Uh, you know, I I'm happy to work with any law firms who will take me in now that they know what I'm doing. But <laughs> Oh, I yes, I work at a law school and I have a podcast about telling people to get out of the law. So far, they haven't fired before, but. Exactly, right? There's all kinds, right? Yeah. Everyone should be served, whether you yeah. want to remain there yeah. forever or not. They can't afford to have all the associates stay. They, that's right. Up not even for the model. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so I would, lo- you know, I would love to, to get in as early as I can. But, you know, yeah. your point about wherever you are on the spectrum of, I know exactly where I want to go. In fact, I know, you know, the agency I want to end up at or the nonprofit where I want to be or the city that I want to move to. That's great. I can help you. It's going to be a shorter timeline we're working with, but I can absolutely help you. Or if, like you mentioned, so I know I don't want to be here, um, but I definitely want to be somewhere else. What can I be doing right now proactively to make sure that I am in the best position possible to be able to leave whenever I want? Right. I think when you when you have that that kind of idea that I can leave whenever I want, I'm not beholden to this place, it actually changes your experience there. Because 
it's right if you're no longer oh my god i have to do this because this is the only thing that i can do and you know if if i'm not at the top of my class then i'm not going to get the work that i need i'm not going to get my billables in and you know there's going to be this whole parade of horribles uh you know that starts to affect your livelihood but when you know that your livelihood is not necessarily dependent on your current job situation because you have a plan to do something else you can actually treat that job situation as it is and right and not give it more power than it should yeah have. and it probably creates some sort of security and mental space to consider a broader range of things you know you're not automatically saying that's not realistic right off the bat about a whole list of things you might have thought sounded interesting absolutely I yeah think, you know it's probably a good thing that they don't post salaries on all of the Right. <laughs> all of the jobs but I do remember um when my uh I had a bunch of friends who left earlier than me god bless them um and you know went over to uh become federal prosecutors or were going over to DOJ and it was real painful when they actually found out what the salary was going to be and they were a little shocked um I don't think anyone prepared them uh I don't think they really recognized what kind of a cut they would be taking uh and so but to be able to sit down in that meeting and say, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally different meeting. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, man. So you have this program that's starting. Are there, are there other ways that you work with people or just the program? So I do take on general financial coaching clients. Uh, All of my clients right now are my general financial coaching clients. I've been working with people since 2018. um, And what I've been trying to do now is because I'm focusing on big law, you won't find stuff like that on my website. I don't do, you know, any marketing about the general financial coaching. But if you come to me through my network, and anyone who comes to me through Megan Siley. <laughs> you guys, we're networking. <laughs> My network. Uh, I do offer general financial coaching uh, to those folks. So I have, um, I have a, a, a combination of ways that I can help people if they need, you know, kind of one-time strategy sessions. Or if they really do, you know, want something that's more long-term because we are working on some mindset issues, we're working on implementing really good habits, setting up systems. Uh, So, you know, sometimes I meet with folks and, you know, after a strategy session, they have the action plan, they're go-getters, they're already kind of natural planners. And Mm -hmm. that's, you know, go, go, do well. Yes, I'm so proud of you. Please (laughs) take the plan and run. Um, and then I have other clients who, you know, we finish our strategy session and they ask me, so what's next? Well, <laughs> what are you again? Right. Cause I'm going to need help putting this into action and making sure staying accountable, uh, to this thing that we've put together. So I definitely have, you know, clients that run the gamut. Um, yeah. and, uh, you know, so if, if there are folks who just, you know, need help with a particular financial situation that they're trying to think through or really want to get a handle on their entire financial situation, right? Soup to nuts. Right. I, do, I do both of those two. Cool. So a broad range. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, um, but in starting to wrap up, maybe you could tell us sort of just a piece of advice you would have given yourself or looking back to someone who might be in a similar position. 
um, who's, you know, in big law or just any practice that they're not happy in sort of what, what would you tell them to start sort of getting them on their path? I think some of the, the best things you can do are talk to people outside of your firm. Uh, we were, you know, it can be very, um, a very closed environment that you work in, especially I think in big law, we all spend our time with the same people, uh, you know, going to the same coffee shops. I yeah. found it very helpful and eye-opening to talk to alumni of my own firm who had left to go in-house or had gone to government or, you know, had started their own business because I already knew them. So I knew they weren't, you know, crazy people and, uh, you know, know, not just like like crazy entrepreneurs. Like, yeah, you did it. (laughs) Risk averse like me. Right, Um, right. So being able to talk to alumni was really, really helpful. Um, But also just the idea of including non-lawyers in your friend group to the extent that that's possible. Um, yeah. yeah, I will say that never happened to me when I was in big law. I, yeah. <laughs> I had such a small community of friends and we were all lawyers, yeah. right? Like we all went to the same law schools and we all came to DC. Um, but when I went to the SEC, the first time in my life, I did have time for hobbies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I started hanging out with a bunch of competitive karaoke people. Uh, and it uh, it reminded me that, hey, life is not all about prestige and the next work accomplishment. Um, I, you know, I think lawyers have a tendency to talk about work all the time. I still do. Yeah. I can't help myself. Um, but when you meet people outside of your own field, it really does open your eyes to how big the world is and yeah. how many other options are out there. I think that's such great advice because we do get very in our little box and it, and you know, that just keeps your perspective limited on everything. Yes, on everything. Because yeah. a lot of yeah. us think the same way, yeah. right? A lot of us are very risk averse. So right. if you're trying to look for support for a crazy idea, your lawyer friends probably aren't going to be very helpful. <laughs> yeah, don't do them. That's not the right. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your taking the time, Jessica. Where can people find you? Oh, no, this was great, Megan. Thank you. Uh, my website is www.jessicamedinallc.com. That's where they can apply for the Beyond Big Law program if they're interested. You can sign up for my weekly newsletter. Um, and then I also have, obviously, you know, a contact form on there if you wanted to reach out about the more general financial coaching. I'm also on Instagram, at the same handle, Jessica Medina LLC. Uh, and if you sign up for my newsletter, it has a bunch of personal finance tips and things about big law and just updates on a lot of the free personal finance trainings that I give now all virtual. Uh, right. <laughs> but I, I talk on a lot of topics through my local library that are of general interest. So for example, I'm doing a home buyer's guide with a local realtor later this month. Oh, cool. um, and I'll be doing personal finance trainings with some of the local DC bar associations over the next couple of months. So I do kind of make the circuit and whenever I can make those trainings available to my audience, I include them in my newsletter so people can find them easily. Great. Well, thank you again, Jessica. I really appreciate it. And I think, um, I think what you're doing is great. I think there's a real uh, need for it and um, I'm sure people will take advantage of that. Oh, I hope so. And (laughs) the same, Megan, what you are doing is really important. I was going to say, if something like this, had existed back when I was trying to make these decisions. If you can't get out and meet people who are doing different things, then just listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say you have to commute, but of course nobody does. <laughs> <laughs>